Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Um, so this podcast is going to be a review for uh, units four for sure, possibly five, um, on the college board. Uh, for If you're having me in class, and this is going to be what we did uh, as units two and three. So just keep that in mind. Um, unit four slash two. If you're looking at it, this is American Political Ideologies and Beliefs. Uh, it is the smallest of the units as far as percentage goes for your AP exam, 10 to 15%. So it's not a huge uh, portion of it. Uh, and I'm going to try to move through it pretty quickly so I can also do five today. Uh, if I need to, though, I will cut this one. I won't. I'm not going to try and rush through anything is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so just keep that in mind. All right, let's get going. So uh, 4.1 uh, is American attitudes about government and politics. And the, the standard says different interpretations of core values, including individualism, equality of opportunity, free enterprise, rule of law, blah, 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 affect the relationship between citizens and the federal government and the citizens have with each other. The, the basics here is we all have different attitudes about the government. Some of us think the government should be heavily involved in every single aspect of our lives. Some people think the government should stay out of the, you know, just trying to control people. Um, some people want the government to be more involved in the economics. Some people want the government to be left less involved. We all have different attitudes, and that leads us to have difference of opinions about what the government should be doing. That leads us to have different opinions about the politics uh, that go into these these things. So. It's that's what this is getting at. Uh, all of our beliefs, there's, you know, in a few minutes, we're talking about public opinion. There is no one public opinion because we're all different. We all have different beliefs. We all have different needs. We're all trying to, to a lot of times take care of you know, what we want. Uh, and we want to, a politician that's going to do what's best for us. Uh, business owners want politicians, politicians that can do what's best for them, so on and so forth. So um, that is what that one means. Now, point two uh, is political socialization. So where do you get those ideas from? And political socialization is just where you get your political beliefs from. Um, whether it's about government, whether it's about politics, whether it's about whatever, uh, where to, you know, you're not born thinking about ooh, politics and, and the government and things like that. You, you develop this over time. And those beliefs typically are going to come from your family. And that's always typically the number one answer is, hey, where do people get politically socialized at? Well, it's at home with your parents, your grandparents, your uh, uncles and aunts and all those kinds of uh, individuals. Uh, other places uh, would be your friends. Uh, school could play a role. Uh, the media, your religion uh, can do it as well. So there's a couple of different places that your political attitude, your political beliefs can be kind of uh, developed over time. Um, typically, I, I don't want to say you get ingrained um, because I do know people that you know, grew up one way and then changed after they went to college and they started to, to think a little bit more on their own. But, you know, especially as a high schooler, uh, a lot of you probably will believe the same way your parents do. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just 
uh, how we are and the, the, where we get our stuff from. All right, uh, point three uh, is about changes in ideology. And what I would just get at really is what this one's about. Uh, the fact that you do get politically socialized as a, as a young person. You know, you're kind of taught this is what we believe and then things like that. And then as time changes, you become a different person sometimes and things become more important to you. I, I told you, you know, what I needed as a, you know, fresh college graduate with as a single person i've changed since since then uh you know got married married three kids now uh just different things uh so things time does can affect you it can change the way you believe um and, and what you want and what you need and it can contribute to your political socialization as well <clears throat> uh political events can play a role um you know, just think back to you know Watergate, and you know people people trusted the government up to that point. And then after that, if you look at polls, there's a huge shift in distrust of government. All right, that can change the way you feel. Uh, you know, 9/11 is an event. It's just uh, these large events can happen, and then they can shift political ideologies for people. It's not always going to happen, you know. Uh, and I think I, I personally think today. That we we're so dug in at this point, it it would take something huge uh, to really change people's thoughts and ideas and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and I don't know what that huge event would be, uh, but I I just think it would. We're so dug in at this point with our ideologies. It feels like at least if you pay attention to that stuff. Uh, point five: measuring public opinion. So we measure public opinion, and once again, public opinion is the the way society thinks but once again there is no one public opinion we could probably do a poll and you know just school just in our city in our county wherever and you get all kinds of public opinions on whatever issues out there uh impeachment of the president um that just happened uh issues moving forward with covid um you know Whatever topic you want to choose, go out there, run a poll. You're probably going to get several different answers. So there's not one public opinion because we are so diverse nowadays. And I'm not talking about demographics. It's just the way we think uh, and the beliefs that we have. And, and that's what this is getting at. Okay. So how do we measure public opinion? Typically, it's going to be through polling. All right. Um, and <clears throat> a couple things about polls. There's a couple different types of polls. Uh, opinion polls. Uh, tracking polls, entrance exit polls, uh, you know, typically polls used to be through phones. Now it's, it's over the internet. People do that kind of stuff. Uh, the tracking polls can be done by both the media and by politicians. Uh, when we talk about them in class, we talk about how politicians will run these tracking polls. They, they get run all the time, especially presidential candidates. They get run all like daily. Uh, you can you can make a living as a pollster for a political candidate um, because you're constantly trying to run polls. Well, where do we sit? What are the issues we need to talk about? All right, um, and, and there you know this is especially for the presidential candidates when they're running because they're running all over the country. They're running these polls. Okay, we're going to North Carolina tomorrow. We're going to Georgia the next day. We're going to Florida the next day. And they're going to run polls because they want to know what do the people of North Carolina want me to talk about when I get there. 
what do the people of Georgia want me to talk about when I get there? So they, they got to have this understanding uh, of, what, of what the people want to hear about. You know, the stuff that we here in Georgia need to know about or want to hear about is probably different than what the people of California want to hear about. We have different issues, different concerns uh, that we want to know about. And so those are those tracking polls. The exit polls, uh, entrance polls, those are the at the, at the day of, you know, when, when you go to the booth uh, to cast your ballot, uh, an exit poll will happen sometimes when you walk out, but these are not to be trusted all the time because people do lie when they come out of those things. I won't tell you exactly uh, who they voted for. Uh, a couple of things about polling. Remember, they are, they can be off a lot of times um, just because of different things. You know, we, we want a big sample size, but you know, it's impossible to poll the entire country. You know, you're not going to get a poll that has 330 million people. So a lot of times these polls are you know, going to be 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people. And then, you know, kind of some best guesses. I remember those could be slanted. You know, if I want a, a Republican slanted poll, then I go talk to Republicans and I'll get that slant. If I want a Democrat slanted uh, poll, then I'll go talk to all Democrats. You know, the pollster, and I can wear my questions how I want to and, and make them to where, um, I get the answers that I want to. There's a lot of manipulation that can happen with polls and with the data that comes from polls. So when you see those things, just keep that in mind. Uh, sampling error, remember, this is the, the plus or minus thing where, you know, hey, we could be off by this much. Um, and uh, I say you want a plus or minus of three. Uh, if you get much above three, you're really looking potentially at a, at a bad poll. But I could probably go five, two. But just keep in mind, that, you know, if it's a poll, with a plus or minus of five, that means if you see 50-50, that means that instead of it being tied 50-50, it could actually be 55-45, you know, so it could be a big swing there. Uh, so that's why we want the lower numbers uh, because that plus or minus is going to be how much they could potentially be off. Uh, if you see a poll that's plus or minus 10, just throw in the trash. That's, that's not a good poll. Uh, let's see. Next up is point six, evaluating public opinion data. Um it goes back to that tracking poll we were talking about there. Um, it's a huge deal for politicians and not even just candidates. You know, we, I talk, I talk, we just talked about the presidents running around the country trying to have an idea of what the people want to hear at the campaign stops. But when you're in office, you also got to know this as well. You know, you got to be able to read the, the which way the wind's blowing. Are, are people happy? Are people unhappy? What's the situation going on? And so you want to continuously know. What do I need to address? What are you know what what, what kind of policy issues do I need to potentially look at? And it's not just for the president; it's for Congress too. You know, House members represent anywhere from seven to eight hundred thousand people potentially. I mean, you give or take a few. Um, they don't they're not familiar with every single person, so they run these polls as well to to have an idea of what their district wants. Senators have the whole state that they're in charge or they're they're responsible for. There's no way to be, you know, if even if they could, and there's no way they could, could, but you know, a, a state like Georgia with a population of what, eight, nine, 10 million people, just think of every single person emailed. There's no way they could even run that data. So instead, let's get some polls. Let's try and get a idea of what the people uh, want. Okay. Uh, point seven, the ideologies of political parties. And we're going to concentrate on the Democrats and the Republicans. Uh, Democrats are going to be, I, I think most people are familiar with this, uh, to the left, Republicans to the right, 
Democrats closely with the liberal ideologies, Republicans with the conservative ideologies. Right. <clears throat> Point eight is ideology and policymaking. Um, and this deals with the fact that um, politicians have their ideologies. Okay, you got House members, senators, they're Republicans, they're Democrats, but you got a few independents, uh, a few moderates, and things like that. But for the most part, people are going to be leaning one way or the other. And you know, public policies are generated, but typically, okay, not typically. Public, public policy happens because there's a problem. There's some reason that a policy is needed. You know, the politicians aren't sitting around thinking, you know what, uh, things are going really good down there in, in Georgia. Let's let's go up there and make some changes. You know, if things are going good, they don't feel the need to make changes. And they, they won't. Uh, but policy comes from there. And then the policies that are generated out of those reflect what's going on with the citizens at the time. And you're know, those that vote, okay? Um, if you don't go vote, you you know you're you're probably not going to be counted there. But um, so the the policies get created based on kind of the mandate from the voters. If you, you know, people politicians run on agendas, and tickets, and platforms, and those sorts of things. This is what I want to do. And if they get voted in, well, that's supposed to reflect what the people wanted and so that'll that'll happen um a lot so that's what this is trying to get at is the fact that ideologies bleed into the policy making because you're going to make your policies based on what you told the people the people then vote for you they don't just vote for you they also vote for your policies so, hey i'm gonna run on this this and this i'm gonna do this this and this when you get voted in you assume that people want those policies and so you're going to create those out of there um a big theme for, for our, our, our course is balancing individual liberty and government actions. And so policy you know, has to be created with that in mind. If I create this policy, am I going to affect anyone's liberty, individual liberty? And so that, that has to be in the back of politicians' minds. All right, nine and ten deal with specific sets of policy, ideology, and uh, you got economic policy and then social policy. Uh, and these are the last two things. Um, Depending on how long it takes, I'm going to probably stop and I'll, I'll just do another one for uh, Unit 5. So, I mean, I Unit 4. Uh, all right, so 9 is ideology <clears throat> and economic policy. And let's first off concentrate on liberal slash Democrat, conservative slash Republican, and the libertarian. So, liberal ideologies when it comes to economics is to regulate the marketplace, businesses, corporations, things like that. Let's, let's put regulations out there. Conservative ideologies is to have fewer regulations in those same areas. Okay. Libertarians, we don't talk too much about libertarians, and I'm kind of surprised they show up in our standards, to be honest with you. Uh, but the libertarian, remember, this is kind of the the government should not be involved in, in most decisions. You know, they, they want the government to, to be smaller, to stay out uh, of people's day-to-day -day lives and businesses, day-to-day -day activities and things like that. They really think the government should, should really provide no regulation, stay out of the marketplace except for um, you know, kind of protecting property rights uh, and things like that. Alrighty. Um, so these differences come from a couple different places. You got Keynesian and supply side economics 
on monetary and fiscal policies promoted by the president, Congress, and the Federal Reserve. So let's unpack those things real quick. First off, Keynesian, uh, he's an economist. Uh, I think there's still stuff from macro. So if you took macro, you probably have an idea of who John Maynard Keynes is. Uh, but his, his, his deal was, hey, in times, when times are bad, the government needs to, to spend. And so put money out there. Uh, so, you know, today with the, the relief packages we have and just the, all those things, um, Keynes will be in heaven you know, pretty much with, with all the spending and uh, the government trying to pull uh, us out of the, the situation we're in and providing and things like that. Okay. And it, it typically goes, I say typically a lot. Um, I'm hearing myself talking. It's, it seems I, I, got, I got to find a new word. Anyways, um, yeah, uh, to, I'm trying to say it again. Usually going to be a uh, Democrat slash liberal side. Supply side positions, now those are going to usually be conservative slash Republican where, hey, let's help out the suppliers. Let's help out the, the businesses. Uh, the producers and, and individuals like that, and then it'll trickle down. You, know, you might have heard of trickle down economics where they are going to help people at the top, and then those savings and benefits will trickle down to the, the people, the workers, the employees, and, and, and individuals like that. So uh, that's going to be what supply side is. Now, you got monetary and fiscal policies. Okay, Monetary policy and fiscal policy is two different things. I really need you to understand this. Uh, I probably do a poor job in class because I do – lean on the, the macro teacher, Ms. Lemons, uh, and she does a great job with it. So, you know, it's, but I don't spend as much time as, as I probably should, or maybe should, I don't know. Uh, but anyways, monetary policy is what the Federal Reserve does, okay? Monetary policy is where they're going to manipulate, kind of control the money supply, and they do that through three tools. They do it through uh, the uh, reserve requirement, which is how much banks have to keep in reserve, of your deposit. They do that through the discount rate, which is a interest rate that bank bank to bank loans happen uh, or uh, when a bank needs a loan from the, the Federal Reserve. All right. Uh, and then finally, it's the open market operations. That's the buying and selling of bonds. So if the money supply is too high, the Federal Reserve will enact monetary policy that's going to you know, decrease the money supply. If it's too low, then they'll enact monetary policies that are going to uh, increase the money supply. We're not going to get into all the things they do. If you took macro, you, you know there's graphs and, and all that kind of stuff that happens here with the, the market, the money market manipulation. We're not going to get into that. Just understand the Federal Reserve does control the monetary supply. They are tasked with fighting unemployment and inflation, and they'll do that through the monetary policy. Then you go to the fiscal policy side, and fiscal policy is what Congress and the president do. All right. Now, if you're writing FRQ on this stuff, please don't get it confused. If you say monetary policy is done by the president, you're going to be wrong. If you say fiscal policy is done by the, the Federal Reserve or, or anything like that, you need to be specific here. Monetary policy is Federal Reserve. Fiscal policy is going to be the president and Congress. And fiscal policy is going to be those things that they can control, which is taxing and spending, really. Um, and even in macro, you do a lot of things. Well, if the government you know, wants to do this, they'll tax. Yeah, but it's not that easy to change tax code and to just increase or decrease taxes. So typically, there it is again, uh, usually they're going to do spending because that's the easiest thing that the government can do to, to manipulate the, the uh, you know, and try and encourage us or uh, discourage us from spending is the, the their own spending. If they put money out there, if they're, you know, hey, let's go, let's give money for road building and construction and all these projects. And that's why infrastructure is always such a, a big deal for, for politicians, because it's an easy way to get money into the economy. Because, you know, there's not just a, 
a government corporation out there that's building roads, that's building canals, that's building bridges and things like that. They have to hire private companies. So <clears throat> if I'm the government and I have a million dollar contract here and I give it to company A over there, so now they have a million dollars, they put it into their company and now their employees are getting paid, uh, they're buying materials and putting it further out there, it's this trickle down effect. Uh, that happens through government spending. So fiscal policies are things the president and Congress do. It's typically going to be uh, taxing and spending. And it is the, uh, yeah, it's it's how they try and fight unemployment and inflation. All right, finally is uh, social policy. Uh, and liberal ideologies tend to think that personal privacy um, is going to be important. And the government should not be involved in those areas. All right. So there ain't think um, abortion. All right. So pro-choice, uh, marijuana use, things like that. All right. Um, the government should not be involved in those decisions. Conservatives, Republicans are going to be the opposite. Uh, and they're going to want to have more government regulation, more government involvement in those decisions. Libertarians disfavor all that, or not, they just, government should be out, all right? You wanna have an abortion, have an abortion. You wanna smoke marijuana, smoke marijuana. Why should the government tell you, tell me, uh, what we can and can't do, all right? So that is that. Um, I think that's it. Uh, I went a little bit long on this one, longer than I thought, so I was gonna do, like I said, I was gonna do three and four, but I'll just do a separate one for five and I'll release that uh, on Tuesday, the 27th. And then I'll do unit five on Wednesday, the 28th. Uh, I'll do a separate FRQ one and that'll be it for this little series. So uh, as always, let me know if I can help you. Hit me up on remind texts, um, <clears throat> excuse me, email. Uh, I will respond to emails quickly as possible. They all uh, go to my phone, coach D underscore 1977, or you can use the uh, school email. Uh, yeah, the GCPS one. Uh, if you want to chat on Twitter, feel free. K Daniels, APGov. Uh, I'll respond there as well. All right, guys. As always, I hope all is well. If I can help you, know that I'm here for you. Uh, let me know what I can do for you, and uh, we'll get it done. All right, guys. Take care. Bye bye.